Good morning. Yep, thanks for sitting in the middle. You guys are really kind to my original request in week one. Um, did everybody get one of these guys? Should have got one coming in. Half sheet. Yep, good. Uh, so I have, just so I don't forget, I have copies of, uh, if you didn't get last week's kind of thing, I have those, and then I have the spiritual gift analysis too. If you want those, they'll, they'll be up here. Even if uh, you want to come up and get them during whatever, that works too. You won't bother anybody like somebody is doing right now. That's totally fine. Um, no, that's good. I want you to feel comfortable to walk up and get that. Uh, does anybody need one of those from last week? You From last week? Yep. Yeah, Hillary, go ahead and hand them out, okay, because you like to run around. So, um, yep, thank you. All right, keep your hand up while she's coming around. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of review from last week, uh, the last couple weeks, and then hopefully we'll have a little time for questions, uh, maybe in a contained way, because if you ask a question that I don't want to answer, um, based on, yeah, I know that's funny, right? If you ask a question that I feel like it might get us down a road that I know we're coming into in, in the next couple of weeks, then maybe I'll kind of hold that off. Um, but but we'll, we'll go over some things today and maybe a direction that you don't even anticipate will go um, as we think about spiritual gifts. But let me pray for us and then we will dive in together. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your grace this morning, a new day where mercies are new and I just praise you for that, that we can come together as a body of Christ and learn together and grow together and hopefully be changed together um, and, and, and really be transformed by the gospel again. And just thank you for the Spirit. Uh, thank you for the, the, the things we've been learning. Uh, pray that we would walk by the Spirit and use the gifts of the Spirit uh, for the good of the body here. And I just pray uh, as we continue to grow together this morning that our worship would be for you, even our learning uh, would be an act of worship towards you just to know you better. And we praise you most for Jesus who gives us life in his name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, um, we're going to dive in here uh, by way of review. Uh, I, I would just, I, how was the discussion last week for some of us that were here? Fruitful? Not long enough, probably. Uh, we kind of looked at our group time last week and we asked these four questions uh, what are the thing? What are a few things that I love to do? We made a distinction between spiritual gifts, a little distinction between spiritual gifts and natural abilities, but also said natural abilities, talents that we possess, are resources by God. They could be used in spiritual sense of spiritual gifts by building up the body. So it doesn't have to be just the exhaust or the non-exhaustive list. Rather, in the scriptures, things we can bring to the body can bring. Uh, and strengthen faith to the body. Uh, so what are some of the things that I'm good at doing? We looked at those. What are some of the ways I enjoy serving the body of Christ? And then what are the, some of the gifts listed in the Bible that I may demonstrate? And so as we begin, I would ask that question, what are some of the spiritual gifts that you have identified? Uh, this isn't have to be responsive right now, but have you started, maybe by way of like affirmation nodding, have you started to identify some of your spiritual gifts? Potentially. That's good. Some of us uh, can still be praying through that. Some of us can uh, be really, most of us can be trusting God for that as we're studying the scriptures. Um, how, can I just ask this question? How new was spiritual gifts to, to you? Raise your hand if that was relatively a new area of study to you. Don't be shy. 
Okay, that's fair. And, and how many of you would say, oh, I think I knew a fair amount of spiritual gifts, about spiritual gifts? Fair amount? That's about a mix, right? In the church, the, the balance of stuff, that's an area that we don't, as I've said, dive into as deeply, and we kind of just assume, and I, would, I confess this, that we don't, as a church body, probably do it as good of a job as we can in identifying and help people identify those and then using them in the body. Um, so continue on in that. We'll, I think we'll have some group time for that. Um, what did we say uh, to answer that question? What is the purpose of spiritual gifts? What are the blank fill-ins there? Anybody remember? Strengthen the faith of others. To strengthen the faith of others. So whatever gift the Spirit gives me, whatever talent or ability the Spirit gives me, whatever natural wiring or makeup of who I am, this is the hobbies, that these are the hobbies I like to partake in, this is the way my mind thinks, whether it's really organized and orderly or more spontaneous and the type of person I am, I'm going to use as a believer in Christ whatever the God has given me to strengthen the faith of others. And so that's going to be my, my modem there, my agenda. When I come into the body, I'm going to serve in that way with, with that mindset. Um, so how do we do that? Open your Bibles to Galatians 5, uh, 16 through 26. We're going to read that together. And this is kind of a little bit of a different direction, but as I've processed this and really studied and thought about this, we talk about spiritual life and walking by the power of the Holy Spirit um, Galatians, Paul writes something about that for us and how we can do that. He writes a lot about the Spirit. Obviously, he uh, is authoring all the gift lists that we read about. Um, I'm going to read that so we can all hear it clearly, though. But if you're, if you're there in Galatians 5, 16, I'll pick up there. After Paul, give you a little context, after Paul is writing in the church in Galatia talking about freedom in Christ, understanding the gospel, not living under the law anymore. He wants really people in the church to operate with that sense of freedom. Hey, I don't live under the law. It doesn't mean I disobey God's law. It means that I, I'm not saved that way by keeping it, and I want to live freely by the power of the Spirit. And he picks up here, but I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. A little bit of a Romans 8 kind of thing, if you go back and reference that, like this struggle of flesh and spirit. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Not exhaustive. There's a lot more than that could be. Things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So the context there, Paul's writing, wants him to be free in Christ, and then he says, I want you to walk by the Spirit. Much like he was talking in Romans 8, there's this battle 
of our fleshly sinful desires against the things of the Spirit. Remember in week one I said that coming to spiritual gifts, I didn't want to quench the Spirit. None of us want to quench the Spirit or squeeze the Spirit out of our life by doing fleshly things. But Paul is talking very much here about this list of sinful behaviors, sinful activities, of which you probably read and you said, I could be guilty of many or all of those, even just by thought alone. I want to clarify here, a lot of people struggle with this, that, that verse there that says, uh, I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul's writing about the, the believer versus the unbeliever, the believer that is going to try to battle this and maybe sin in different areas versus the one who cares little about God, cares little about repentance at all. And, and so sometimes you read the lists in the scriptures like this and you go, well, I've done that. Does that mean I won't inherit the kingdom of God. That's not what Paul is saying here. He's saying people that don't have this spirit at all, who are doing these things in an unrepentant way, obviously the penalty for them is death still. For, for those who have trusted Christ, who are born again by the Spirit, we know that Christ has taken that penalty of death for us in that way. And so I just want to make that distinction. Some people read that and they get like, wonder if they're saved anymore. Uh, but Paul is contrasting that with what? What is he contrasting the fleshly desires with? The fruit of the Spirit. So we're talking about spiritual gifts, and we're asking, well, how can I demonstrate a life of openness to the Spirit? It's by the fruit of the Spirit. It's by doing this. It's by walking by the Spirit and displaying. Now, what's the difference? Here's the questions on your handout. What's the difference between the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit? Before we fill those blanks in, what's the difference between the fruit and the gifts? Anybody? Okay. Fruit is the outcome of the gifts. What's another thought? Cause and effect. It's a good way to look at it. What's another way to look at it? I think, too, like spiritual gifts are more like we all have areas that we're like better at. Mm -hmm. Whereas like the fruit of the Spirit, like I think it's more like talking as all of us together. Not that we can't have like. Yeah, good. So like somebody's not going to be a lover in the church and then somebody's going to be the patient one. So that's really good. There's, there's a, a, an idea there that these are qualities of God, right? These are characteristics. And, and so that's what I would say, uh, that this, the fruit of the Spirit are character virtue, all right, kind of, kind of things. And the spiritual gifts are a tool. And so much of what was said is cause and effect. So in other words, I'm basically saying I can't really, truly and effectively strengthen the faith of others and operate fully in the spiritual gifts unless I'm really walking by the Spirit. Now, I can appear to do that, but effectively for the good of the body, I have to be walking in the Spirit to use the spiritual gifts. Does that make sense? Again, Corinthian church, which we'll learn about today, they were operating in ways that were not really godly ways, but they were demonstrating the higher spiritual gifts. And Paul's challenge there was your void of, which we'll cover in our sermon time together, your void of love. So it doesn't actually matter at all. And so here's what I would say. Character, this is the fill-in, character always takes precedence over gifting. Always. So I, I felt like I could not talk about the spiritual gifts in, in a class like this 
without talking about the more important thing. So in other words, if you think you're gifted in whatever way you're gifted in the church, if you're a great leader or a person of great faith, or if you, uh, we'll talk about this, we're kind of, we're not pushing off the miraculous gifts, we're just building towards that. If you think you display a miraculous gift or you have a gift of prophecy and you don't demonstrate any of the character virtues listed in the fruit of the Spirit, it's not, it's not worth it. It's not effective. It's actually not, not a good thing to strengthen the faith of others. It's hypocritical and you name it, all the rest. And so that's the gift, right? Character takes precedence over the gifting. Paul drives at this several times. He says, you need to worry about your battle between flesh and spirit. Are you winning that? That's not saying we're not sinful at times, and it's not saying that we don't lose out in that in moments. But he said, over a long period of time, which we talk about all the time in the church, measure your sanctification, your changing into the image of Christ, over long periods of time. Don't do it over like, what does my week look like? You might be really disappointed if you have a bad week. Look at over years, am I growing in Christ? Am I winning the battle against my sin? As it says there, to keep me from doing the things that I want to do. Am I walking more in the Spirit as I go? Am I displaying, which we'll have some time in a group, the fruit of the Spirit more actively than I once was before? Does it make sense? Character always takes precedence over gifting. The second part there is the fruit of the Spirit is of greater value than the gifts of the Spirit. You must know that, that the fruit of the Spirit is of greater value. We look at the gifts, the way that God has designed the body, and say, well, I'm necessary here. And, and God puts the body together with all the parts for his glory, for the building up of the church. But never think that your gifts are more important than your daily walk with Christ and the building of your character. Never think that. That's when you're in dangerous ground. So the fruit of the Spirit is of greater value than the gifts of the Spirit. How, how does one go about, this is for a discussion here, how does one go about walking by the Spirit? Like, if I ask that question to you and somebody asks you that, well, what does that even mean? How does somebody walk by the Spirit? What does that look like to you? Go ahead. Answer that question. A daily thing? So it's a daily moment-to-moment thing. Okay? Yep. So a daily conversation, praying, and also listening to what he has to say to you. Steve. You know, when I, when I look at this, uh, my intimacy with the Lord, um, I'm going to give you an example. I'm terrible with names. So What's your name again? <laughs> Congratulate him, it's like a good job he did. He said, Yeah, and if you don't get my name right, I'm not just yet. That's super close. <laughs> so, I never forgot from that time on that instrument conversation we just had. And so, when I look at Genesis and I see the Tower of Babel, I see the language in the intimate that you cannot reject what you just focus us the intimacy with Christ. And when I jump to Revelation 2 and I see the white stone with our new name that no one mm-hmm. knows that intimacy is there. So how does my fruit of the Spirit makes me wide open 
as I'm seeing what he's bringing me through each day. Sure. Yeah. Right. That's the intimacy that we have with Christ as we. Yeah. You know, there's just that vision. That I'm, I, so an intimate walk with Christ. Yeah. Jen. Well, I think sometimes we're in a misconception, too, that God stops chasing us once we accept him. Sure. And I, that's not true, at least in my Was it, yeah, right. Was James say, draw near to me? Like, there's that command, you know? Yeah. Faith and obedience are two of the biggest things when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. Yep. Without a constant faith and a want to be obedient, you're not going to see these fruits. Yeah. Yeah. Trust, trust in obedience, trusting and obeying. Uh, you've heard me say that. Time and time again, sometimes it's an order of we trust, have faith, and it leads us to obedience. Sometimes, often, you need to just obey and hope the faith and the trust comes. Like when you look in the scriptures, what we'll talk about today, I don't have any other option as a believer than to love, right? Sometimes I don't feel like doing that. Sometimes I don't want to do that. See it in the gift list or the fruit of the spirit list, rather. It's the first thing. We just don't have an option. God, help me love. I'm going to do that. I hope that the faith comes later. Yes? I think, uh, to me, it's the the Holy Spirit. It's easy to define that. And pressing down your flesh, it's more difficult to do that. But I think you know, you know, submit to the Holy Spirit if you want the Lord to use you, whether it's witnessing, whether it's teaching, whatever it is. You've got to press down that flesh and that pride that you have. It shows the humility of just let God use you. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit is. Yeah, and I love that word, submit. We talk about lordship and discipleship. And when you come to the, to, I guess, the attitude of your prayer, you come to God and say, again, regardless of the gifts, right? Like you kind of you start, God, I want to surrender, submit my heart to you, whatever you want to do. And, and whatever that looks like from the instrument, right? The gift is the instrument, the tool. Whatever you're doing in my heart, it needs to be assessed moment by moment, second by second, right, in, in our lives. And I want to submit to what you're doing. And so I'm open to it, but I want to do what you want. doesn't mean what I want to do. Humble, humility. Terry? Um, the word's intentional and purposeful. Um, I get it. You can live in a house with someone and be complete strangers. Always pushing towards being in relationship. And, and, and our joy our heart. Yeah, and I, I really, the intentionality you brought to mind, I missed that question up at the top, which is really appropriate. Um, you have to be intentional about, I'm going to get to this fill in the blank here, because um, it'll kind of launch us into our group time together. You have to be really purposeful with your daily walk, right, in submission, but you have to be purposeful then with, with other people and the nature and the attitude of your heart. Um, what should I do with my gifts? So I'm going to have, uh, uh, da, 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 does, let me, I'm just, just deciding if I want to take any questions. <laughs> um, do you have any questions? Good. None of you do. Um, <laughs> That was easier than I thought. Um, yeah, I have lots of questions too. Let me just give you this. I'll ask a few questions, but I want to spend group time uh, as we did last week working through those bottom four questions. We already kind of talked about the first one together, but I think I want to put some hands and feet on that. Uh, sometimes it's assumed in the church like, uh, well, what does it look like? It doesn't mean you have to unpack what does it look like to have a quiet time, but these are 
I really want us to understand the depth of spiritual gifts by way of our virtue. Do we really pursue Christ the way we ought to? I don't think we're going to be effective as a body at using our spiritual gifts unless we're really um, pursuing Christ the way we ought to. But that question up at the top of that half sheet was, what should I do with my gifts? I think you have to, I am to identify a need in the body and meet it. That's the, the answer there. So when I come to spiritual gifts, if I'm walking in the Spirit the way that the fruit of the Spirit are being displayed in my life, it means I'm aware of what God is doing and aware of others. I can identify a need and meet it, which means there's a whole slew of possibilities there. If I walk into this place on a Sunday morning and I see a need practically of something that needs to be picked up off the ground and that doesn't have anything to do with people, and I throw it away, or whether I identify a need because I was talking with somebody and I just identified, man, they need encouragement. And that's kind of when I went back to the gift of like categorizing each other. Yes, we have some different gifts that we leverage ourselves toward and we're wired towards, but that doesn't mean that we can't encourage somebody that we see has a need of encouragement, right? So for example, if you bump into somebody and, and they can really use encouragement, you're like, hold on, I'm going to go get Sally. She's really good at that. You could do that. And maybe Sally comes in later. Maybe you can connect that. But in that moment, are you open to the things of the Spirit? I shared this with a couple people before we kind of break off in group time. Um, I had a friend, or I have a friend. He's still my friend. Um, I didn't have one. Well, I don't. Okay, never mind. Um, I, I have a friend who has trained his mind, and I don't think he's good at this, he wouldn't admit it, but he had shared with me, he has like, trained himself to pray a prayer when he walks through the thresholds of any doorway, any threshold, even the car door threshold, anything, and it's like a passageway. It's not into some like, like weird Star Wars abyss thing. It's just he's trained himself by obedience, and he prays a certain prayer. He said, God, open my eyes to what you're doing. So you walk through a door, open your, my eyes to what you're doing. That a level of awareness just by way of discipline and training yourself causes him to be very aware of the needs of the body and the needs of others. So as we're walking through a door to a coffee shop, God, what, what are you doing? You know, all of us have had interactions where people come up to us that we know or don't know, and we're like, oh, I really felt like the Spirit was telling me to say something to them, and I didn't, and whatever that is. But that's the attitude at which we should approach that. Open my eyes to the things you're doing. Is my heart connected to you by way of those characteristics, love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and gentleness and faith and self and kindness? Uh, I already mentioned that. And self-control. Is that my attitude? All right? So take the last uh, several minutes, and maybe I'll leave a little room at the end there. Um, get in a group, four or five, six of you, that you weren't in last week, Okay? Okay? Somebody new. Try to be with somebody new and answer those four questions together. How does one walk by the Spirit? What steps can I take to develop a life of walking by the Spirit? What fruit of the Spirit do I display struggle? What needs can I step toward meeting the body? Or what needs can I step toward meeting in the body of Christ? All right, go team. Hey, probably about five, five, four to five minutes. If You should kind of navigate towards the last question if you're not there already. Towards the last question. All right, why don't we, it's never long enough, right? So why don't you wrap up? Why don't we get our, we'll come back to where we were sitting. 
break away from your group there. Organize the chairs. Put your chair back. Yeah, I was going to make a joke about that. I'm going to come straighten them later anyways. So. Good morning. What? Uh, spiritual gift to organizing chairs. Yeah. I have that spiritual gift. I have lots of spiritual gifts like that. Yeah. I'm gifted in chairs. That's more of a battle of the flesh. OCD. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. I was just informed that many of you probably have the spiritual gift of setting up chairs. Because the chair team needs more people with that gift. So think about that. Um, and you would have no way to say you can't do that because you're supposed to identify a need and meet it. So um, maybe three minutes, uh, questions, reflections on discussion. Questions about spiritual gifts, only spiritual gifts, questions. Yes. So the first one was, um, how does one walk by the Spirit? And it was really interesting. We just met Dennis, Julia, and Lisa. And we spent probably the first five minutes getting to know each other rather than doing the actual questions. And then when we got to the questions, I thought it was great evidence of us walking by the Spirit that why would we miss this opportunity that God has put right in front of us to say, no, I'll meet you another time. Let's get to these questions. Yeah, excellent. And then we fired through the questions we got to all four, but it was just a really neat moment. That I'm, I'm okay with that this time. Yeah, and he's going to say something about it behind you. Yeah. Well, welcome. We were just talking about being Christians. I said 40 years of oh my goodness, 40 years. But I just think this is just a kind of a word of education for the body here. I think you guys are on a movement that's going to take you to, you know, getting that new church built. I just feel it in my spirit that this is moving forward. And you're doing it in such a balanced way. It's not a crazy... You know, running around with two business, that sort of thing. Oh, wait, wait till 1030. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Scott's leading that ministry. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I... Well, that, that is very encouraging. And I think I speak for all of us when um, none of us could ever take credit for any of that. So... Um, thank you for the encouragement to this body, for sure. Co other questions? Yep. I was, I was. <laughs> what, what did she say? <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping nobody would mention that. Um, only because, yeah, I mean, it's very obvious what's behind us, uh, and a lot of creative people worked on that for something different. Um, anyway, well, I'm going to move on from that. Um. <laughs> so it's kind of a question, but it's also, it's, I'm curious. So the body of Christ, and we were talking about this when my group landed and answered it beautifully. Um, the body of Christ, I guess I think of it too as spanning all Christians. Yeah. Has 
both applications, yeah. Yeah, and how is that in relation to spiritual gifts and as well as the mission to go? Yeah, yeah. Is that a question? Okay, I just want to say, yeah, that's good. Um, uh, no, like, I, I think that's a great question. Uh, I don't know that I you know, always have all the answers for, for these things, but I do think there, there is, uh, I want to be clear on one thing. I, I have a high love and appreciation for the local church, so I do think there is an application emphasis on a local body uh, serving one another in love and growing together. Uh, I do see the, the application in the farther-reaching universal body of Christ, the big C, as we call it, versus the little C. Um, and I think this is the interesting part, and maybe I answer your question by way of answering it this way. Uh, people in the mission field uh, are, are, are facing all kinds of different things where uh, I feel like you really have to walk in the Spirit more than maybe we would be inclined to do here in just our normal r- routines. And so I think as, as you think globally and in a larger sense, am I walking in the Spirit and displaying those gifts? And am I open to more gifts that have come? And I've heard this a lot from a lot of people that are in the mission field, that the Spirit's given them gifts that they never knew they had before and they never had to use. And so I think uh, maybe an application, we're a little more contained and careful in the local church with like compartmentalization of the gifts. And then I'd rather have us think in a universal way with an appreciation for the local church of, I want to just be led by the Spirit to serve here, there, and everywhere. And, and is that the lifestyle? And that's what I've kind of been driving at this entire class. Am I niching into a particular Real Hope structured ministry? I would say that's not our motive here, although that's going to happen through this. Or am I living a lifestyle that's open to the things of the Spirit? Wherever God has me go. Is that maybe helpful? Well, it's the way I chose to answer it, so it's what you get today. Um, yeah. One more, maybe reflection or question. Otherwise, I'm going to wrap this thing up. Yeah. Just a real quick thing my lovely wife mentioned or led us to is it's not just physical needs, but it's emotional needs of the body too. Yeah. And sometimes we think in the physical sense, but we ignore the people and we can't afford to. That's a really great way to end. And, and that's, um, yeah, I know you didn't think of that. She did. Um, but I said it. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind, of, that's kind of what I'm talking about in the way that we've traditionally viewed spiritual gifts. We're very like, well, I have the gift of administration, so I'm going to go lead and do in this ministry. Or I have the gift of serving cookies because I'm hospitality-oriented. So, not that those things are bad, but all the while, you're missing the needs of people that come in here every week. And so uh, let me give you a brief just plan moving forward. So a little, again, this for me, has kind of just evolved, uh, having never taught a class like this before. Um, We're going to look at the miraculous gifts next week. We're going to cover those with some words like cessation and whether the gifts have ceased, whether they haven't, just looking at uh, historical nature of how the church has viewed those things, um, maybe where we've gotten that wrong, where we've got it right. Um, And then as we kind of lean into and grow towards unleashing our gifts in ministry, uh, I do want to give you a survey that you respond to, like these are gifts that, that you believe you possess, um, and then kind of try to pair those to ways that you can serve in the body. Some of those will be by gifts that are, or ministries that are already running, and some of them might be ministries that need to be started. But it doesn't mean that we're going to, like, start a bunch of new ministries by, by order as much as growing together as a body by just meeting those needs. Like, oh, okay, I thought that was like... 
Woo, okay. Yeah, exit the building. All right. Um, so that's where we're going towards actual practical, hey, what does this mean for me? I don't want to take a class like this and learn and grow together and just not then use. All right. And let me leave you with this thought, very much what John said. As you pray and think about this, as you leave today, think of it this way. Am I open to what God is doing slash wants me to do more than what I am doing and want to do, especially as it relates to others? Am I open to what God is doing slash wants me to do more than what I am doing and what I want to do? All right, let's pray. Father, that is our prayer as a people of God to submit and be led by your spirit. Father, help us in the battle against our own flesh and desire and selfishness. Help us to lean more into you, be more aware of the Spirit's real and powerful presence in our lives in such a way that we start to see things that maybe we've never seen before because we haven't been, as been said, intentional about looking, looking in the way that you want us to look. And so, Father, open our eyes. Um, I, I have no idea what that would mean for all of us as a people, but open our eyes to the needs of the body of Christ, uh, both, both here in a local sense and, as Jen mentioned, abroad. What, what would you have us do and what would you have us do in the world? And so, Father, that's our prayer to help us to strengthen the faith of others, our brothers and sisters. Father, help us be more aware and then when we are aware, not to quench the Spirit and to go meet that need. Um, often we ignore and, uh, or, or just assume somebody else will do uh, the thing that you're calling us to do. And so help us by your grace. Uh, I thank you for this time together, just even interacting and meeting new people, just a way to grow together. And uh, Father, we're thankful most that you've given us the spirit of Christ to operate from. And we thank you for Jesus. And we pray all these things in his name. All God's people said. Amen. All right. I have those extra things, uh, inventories, if you didn't get one. I think those are all gone. Um, and then the notes from last week. But be back here at 1030.